This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. This is your typical radio ad while eating a Crunch Bar. This is Automatic of Auto's Used Cars. This weekend only, we're having a whale... Bring the kids. See for yourself. It is huge. Gonna make a big splash. No other dealer can say they have a whale like this. When things sound dull, turn up the fun with Crunch. Hello again. This is Caroline Frost at Smart TV, the Radio Times podcast bringing you the best of your viewing. We've watched everything so that you don't have to. With me is the ever capable Kellyanne Taylor. Hello, hello. Marvellous. I'm hosting this week and um, we have received a director's note. So we are going to tease what we've got coming up so that you can stick around to see if you agree with us. Some great factual stuff. Yes, a wham exclamation mark is up front and centre. Um, but we also have a far more, I would say, serious topic of Ellie Simmons, Paralympian extraordinaire. She has made a documentary called Finding My Secret Family. Then we'll move to a little bit of Idris Elba love. We'll dip in and catch up with what Kellyanne Taylor thinks of her new return of her favourite series and just like that so we'll see if it is matching the Kellyanne Taylor trademarked (laughs) hype and finally we uh, will dig out a couple of archive treats which have a topical hook which is the hardest part of the podcast is coming up with a topical (laughs) hook for things that we uh, actually just want to talk about. Anyway we will kick off with Wimbledon. Yes. Mm. What did now? I've, the some, big sporting event of the summer. Although is now it? there's a sporting event every week. It feels. When's the women's World Cup? Because arguably, some might say yeah. that that contended for that qualifier. I would agree. Okay. I would agree. Although not, not, not a, a huge fan. sport fan. No, love, love, love tennis. Love. Okay. Who's your Who's your tennis sporting hero that you will be rooting for? And before. Djokovic. Oh really? I was yeah. going to say Roger Federer has retired, and so has Bjorn Borg. No, I. Right, so I my first experience of Wimbledon, I went when I was 16. Mm. And I saw, I grew up in basically a tennis club. It was like every weekend where we would spend nice. most of our time. And I went 
for my 16th birthday and I saw Serena Williams play Venus Williams. Oh, man. So uh, my entry to tennis is incredibly high. Quite a high bar. And I fell out of love with it very much so. As you can imagine, after seeing, you know, two of the greats playing. Um, So the last time that I had my head turn again was Djokovic in the six-hour match. Against Federer Mm -hmm. in the late 2000s. So he's my man. I know he doesn't have a great reputation, but... Oh, I mean, he has his fans. But I, yeah, and and, and rightly so, he's done quite a few controversial things. But Mm. that aside, tennis at the forefront. He's He's your man. Okay. um, What about you? Who are you rooting for? Well, obviously, if Andy Murray, let's just cross our fingers that he remains uninjured and keeps his form. He's won a couple of tournaments in the last few weeks, so he's grass ready. Apart from that, I have to say. I don't really care. I just love the tournament. It, for a fortnight, you don't have to make any more decisions. I know this is kind of defeating the purpose of this podcast, but you don't. You just go home, you just turn on the telly, you just hear the knock, mm, and you think, so oh, true. I'll just stay with that for a bit. You, you yeah. become an expert on, you know, the sort of like, oh, a cross-court backhand. Oh, yes, that's yeah. a strong, strong serve he's got there. You know, you just become these armchair experts for one fortnight only. Anyway, it's all coming up. Starts on Monday, 10. 10.30am and there is no Subaka, but there is Claire Balding in her place going forward. So probably in uh, very safe hands, I should think. Now, I know we're going to come on to talk about my favourite programme, but why don't we take a pit stop and talk about your favourite man potentially ever? It's not a pit stop. It's a main <laughs> event. Yes, we are talking about the arrival on Netflix of Wham! Exclamation mark, which is the documentary telling the story of this phenomenal pop duo. I mean, you may not be a fan of the music, but my goodness, you have to respect the craft the talent, the work ethic, the presentational skills and the friendship at the heart of Wham! between Andrew Ridgely and George Michael. Two things to say about this documentary. Yes, I'm a completely paid up fan. I didn't need any convincing. I interviewed Andrew Ridgely for next week's Radio Times and what he talks about is how authentic their sound was because it came out of two school friends who just, as people used to do before things got very high tech, just made up songs in their bedrooms like Mm. normal bored teenagers in North London and he tells a wonderful story and there's a little bit of it in the documentary and also in our interview where George just one day they were all watching football and he disappeared and he came down an hour later very excited and said Andrew you've got to listen to this and he went upstairs and on the tiny little let's call it the Casio keyboard there was the first incarnation of Last Christmas and Andrew originally just said I just knew it was going to be an enormously global successful hit. I didn't know how or how long it would take, but I knew. And it's stories like that. You know, they send chills up your back. And also is that Andrew has had so much stick over the last 40 years for being the luckiest pop star in the world, not even having his guitar plugged in. You know, it was George singing, George producing, bloody blah. But the documentary really makes it clear how integral he was. Without his confidence and his input, and he came up with the name and he came up with the title of things like Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go. That came from a note that he left for George one day. Wham! wouldn't have happened. And and therefore, George Michael wouldn't have happened. So it does a lot to redress the balance. And it's a wonderful walk down memory lane as well. Oh, OK. That does. That sounds like a goldie. So that's available on when? Netflix already. Amazing. So yes. we can all tune into that over the weekend. And I'm mm-hmm. sure uh, some nice flashbacks. Oh, or, of course. You know, all flashbacks. Yeah. All flashbacks. No talking heads. But yes, lots and lots of little souvenirs of a bygone time. Tell me about your choice. 
So, I mean, you saw me watching this documentary yesterday. I did, yes. And I was very teary-eyed in the office. This is Ellie Simmons, Finding My Secret Family, ITV, Thursday, 9pm. And I don't know what caught my eye. I saw it on the listings for this week and I thought... I really like Ellie Simmons. She was on Strictly, wasn't she? Yes. Mm -hmm. So known, obviously, as a Paralympian swimmer, but lots of people will be familiar with her from her TV work as well, including Strictly. And she always comes across incredibly well. And I think I find it so fascinating when people are able to have this very public life and keep quite a big secret. And the secret is that she was adopted at two weeks old. Right. And she's never spoken about in the press. Her adopted parents chose to remain anonymous uh, when she started becoming a celebrity. Right. So that's all been very private. This delves into her finding out who her birth parents are and with it some really horrible truths. And, And she kind of goes into this journey knowing that it is likely that her disability, so she has dwarfism, may have had some kind of impact on her adoption mm-hmm. or the choice of her birth mother. Because to... of the statistics. Yeah. Right. So she meets a social worker who provides her with documentation from her adoption. Mm-hmm. And there's an, there's a document in it that was provided, I guess, by the NHS or by some kind of doctor, GP, to the birth mother, which says some things like dwarfism might make somebody evil. They're likely to have horrific behaviour. And it has handwritten notes from the meeting with the mother by the psychiatrist or the medical professional um, and her reactions right. to that. So go. it's pretty horrific. Mm. But in and amongst that, there is such a beautiful story of what love can do. So she's she's adopted by two parents and they have four children, all adopted and each with disabilities, I believe. Shines a wider light on kind of issues with adoption and disabled children. But there are really tender moments of, yeah, what you see when people come together and when people show someone love. There's a moment where she calls her foster parents who looked after her for a little while in between her getting adopted. That was when you looked over and I was very teary-eyed. So, I mean, it's it's a hard watch, but I think she does it with such empathy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's something that really came through. The empathy she has for everyone else's decisions is really testament to how incredible she is. Gosh. So I would, this comes with a big five-star rating. Mm. Uh, that's Ellie Simmons, Finding My Secret Family. I think we're going to let you use your words. I think we are. It's one of my favourite documentaries of all time. Okay. And you can catch that on ITV1 9pm Thursday. Lovely. Let's talk about Idris. What's he up to? Right, so this is a drama. This is our little drama nugget. It's on Apple TV. And I have to say, I have been really enjoying the fruits of Apple TV recently. (laughs) They are slowly emerging onto the scene, I think. Are they blossoming? They're blossoming. At first, I thought a lot of their dramas were big names, high hitting. But I thought, why would you subscribe just for that one show? What did they say about a certain podcast duo? Big ideas, subpar execution. <laughs> was that is that how you would describe the Apple offering until now? Until now, I would say it was slow and steady. And now okay. that there's a solid database, there's enough to go and sink your teeth into. Oh, so this is Hijack. It's their latest offering. It's got Idris Elba on a plane, so very high drama. And what happens is Hijack is take control of a London-bound jumbo 
which is a plane. Very good. (laughs) Yes, the Radio Times, it says a jumbo. And we both said, what? As in jet, yes, <laughs> but clearly we we everyone knows that. yes, yeah. Um, so and then what ensues is kind of a lethal game of cat and mouse, very classic hijack. I mean, it's, I don't it, think you need to say very seal. much. Yes, yeah. yes, it's it does what it says on the tin. Idris Elba on a plane. Yeah, there being we are. Sultry and of course. Does he have a set of secret skills that might just save everybody? Or something Probably. like that, Probably, yes, know? yes, so, okay, good. Why not give it a go? And also, while you're at it, you can delve into the gifts of Apple, which I currently believe are Ted Lasso. Stunning, <laughs> stunning, stunning And comedy. the Boris Becker story, if you're so tennis-minded as discussed. Let's talk about your, um, yes, we're going to use the word again, only because you've told us your favourite series, and just like that, but... This is the second season of And Just Like That, which, as everyone knows, is the big old reboot. What is it? The sequel to Sex and the City with everybody bar Samantha. Yes, for now. We promised a cameo, but I haven't seen her as of yet. I'd say the first series I took with a pinch of salt, have to say, was very hesitant, didn't enjoy it anywhere near as much as the original. But I think it was, now in hindsight, the perfect move to introduce a whole range of new characters. And what I am now seeing is that same humour from the original series. It's kind of infiltrated back in. Okay, so it's a bit more relaxed. It's bedded in. Yes, and my second favourite thing about it is that there is nudity, there is sex appeal, and it is so nice seeing women in their 50s, being allowed to be incredibly sexual, have their own desires and let that be the centre of the focus without any shame, any taking away from the reality of that situation. So I really, really like that about it. Well, I don't know why that has to be on telly. What's that? That sex, those 50-something sex or any kind of something sex, frankly. So you would take sex scenes out completely? I just, I think that Sex and the City is all about the comedy and that people were so busy talking about how how it broke through and told all these stories, mm. that I feel that the comedy kind of got slightly sidelined. And I mean, Kim Cattrall, who plays Samantha and who I much miss, mm. is a, just a, a big screen clown. That's she's, so she's. I think she's got funny bones and there aren't enough properly funny comedic actresses like that who are given that free reign that she was given in the first series. So I can't wait for her to come back and I'm just very sad that there's so little of her. Mm. But also, I would disagree with you. I'm finding it a bit crowded. I liked it when it was four of them around the brunch table. Right, I can see that too. I mean, I see it. I think they've had to address that Samantha's not coming back. For whatever reason, we hear the gossip, we hear the drama. And what what I think they have done is reflect often how life goes where when you get older you know Charlotte's Mm. now a mum and doing the school run she's going to have her school mum friends right different Carrie's going to have work friends because she no longer has a husband Mm. I mean Miranda let's let's not even (laughs) pick that storyline which I'm enjoying more I'm enjoying more I think that's going in all different directions okay I'm sure we'll come back to it and discuss it again something tells me okay good now my other offering for you is a film which we all know and love, I think, mm-hmm. but it's now on BBC iPlayer. It is A Star Is Born, Bradley Cooper's A Star Is Born, ah. not the original, with Barbara Spreisand. Is that what you think is the original of A Star oh, gosh, Is, is Born? An, it, oh, bless you. Oh, no. No, we'll just let that one fly. Carry on. So this is uh, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. 
in what might be what the version? third. <laughs> the third, or potentially even more. Oh, you think it's the third? Oh, sweet. <laughs> so I don't think Is that it the needs new much. one? It's the most yes, recent version. The most recent there we one. go. Very good. And I don't think anyone needs any explanation of what that's about. I think that they're both. I know um, the song won an Oscar, but I think both of their performances stunning, were right up it? there. Yeah, mm. I do think so. I mean, it's a great story. I mean, yeah. there's a reason it's been made how many times? <laughs> and um, and the actors and actresses come back to it. It's a perfect vehicle for a singer like, as you mentioned, Barbara Streisand and uh, other people who have taken on this role because it's such a great yeah. showcase of their talent acting mm. and performing, isn't it? So well done, everybody involved. Now, one from the archive, please, Caroline. Oh, am I blushing? <laughs> so there's a film on Amazon Prime, which is called Portrait of an Artist. George Michael would have been 60 on Sunday and Elton John gave that beautiful tribute to him at Glastonbury. But a few films have been made about George. As you know, I'm a huge, huge fan and um, sort of onlooker to, to, and I've read everything and watched everything. Some of the films I just don't think are up to par. They're, they're too gushy. You know, they don't examine it properly. There's a film on Amazon Prime made by Simon Napier-Bell, who was the manager of Wham! and who knew them very, very well. He took them to China in 85. You know, he was right at the helm. But Simon is also a writer and a musician. And he's put together this film where he talks to distinguish people in the music business and writers, people like Stephen Fry, talking about what, what difference it made that George was, was a gay musician. He talks to other people who w were alongside him. He hasn't gone into the kind of like, you know, the, the dirty washing. It's not about, oh, oh, he was busted in 1998. What did that do to his career? He's far more interested in what he represented as a pop phenomenon. It's, it's a more academic approach. Mm -hmm. Fortunately for me, uh, I was part of this offering, probably because there weren't enough women involved at the end of the day. But uh, it was great to be part of and to hear what so many interesting people had to say. And you just realised how important he was. So that is on Amazon Prime and it's called Portrait of an Artist. And it's Simon Napier-Bell's uh, voyage of discovery into a man that he helped turn into a pop star. Well, I'll be watching, so I get a glimpse of that gorgeous face on telly. Is, uh, what, you mean George Michael? Yes, of course. <laughs> of course. Okay. <laughs> I think that's all we've got time for today. So I hope you've enjoyed today. Any tips or ideas for programmes you think we should be covering or talking about, or even to diss and slam if needs be, do write in podcast at radiotimes.com. We'll be here again next week. And in the meantime, happy, happy viewing! viewing. 